0: Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. At Merck Animal Health, we're shaping the future of animal health with pioneering science, connected technology, and insights driven solutions to bring our customers an unparalleled portfolio of choices to improve cattle care and operational efficiency. We support you and your legacy by helping you meet the challenges of today with the innovations of tomorrow. Hey, folks, welcome to Doc Talk. We're going to have a great show. We're gonna talk about something we do every day in the beef industry, and that's castrate calves. We're gonna talk about when we do it, why we do it, and some new technology that's on the market to help us do it better. Thanks for watching and stay tuned. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson. I'm glad you joined us today. I'm a veterinarian and I work at Production Animal Consultation, which is a veterinary group that provides veterinary care for beef operations all across the United States from our pack network that's covering cow-calf around a million head of, of pairs in the U.S. to our feedlot group uh, where we have veterinarians that cover nearly 30 percent of the cattle on feed. Uh, very fortunate to be a part of that and also one of the owners here at Farming Unlimited. Today we're going to talk about castration of bull calves and it's been something that I've talked about quite a bit in the talks across the country on when we castrate, why we castrate, and some of the reasons why we castrate is that, you know, really in the U.S. and Canada, the two places where we're castrating bulls prior to going into the feed yard is is a standard practice, or when they arrive at the feed yard is a standard practice. Uh, We prefer it to happen before they get to the feedlot, but... We do it because we want to decrease the activity of the bulls riding each other in, in social uh, distress and, and, and riding each other in some of the, the different behavioral, sexual behavioral things that go on when you pin animals that are not used to each other and, and come into the, the pen. The other one is is to improve carcass quality we want to improve tenderness, we want to uh, improve the ease of pulling hides off the carcass, that castration uh, tends to lead to a more tender uh, carcass and one that the hides come off. Uh, It also decreases the amount of dark cutting beef. But the question I get a lot of time is, when should I castrate? And the point in time that my, here's my general philosophy is, the younger the better. Because at the end of the day, uh, what I tell students all the time is that the longer the testicles are attached to the bull, the more attached the bull becomes of the testicles, okay? And so as we think about castration, we want to castrate these calves as, as babies. It's, a, it's when, when it's the easiest on these, these animals. Now I'll have some people say, well I don't want to castrate these bull calves at birth, I want to leave the testicles on them and cut, cut them uh, when I wean because I want added performance. Well, the truth is there is no added performance, because to have added performance from leaving the testicles on the calves, those testicles have to be producing testosterone, which is the hormone that that increases growth rate. Well, testosterone is not produced by the bull's testicles until they hit seven to ten months of age, and that's puberty, and that's after we have weaned them. There are studies from the University of Florida, Kansas State University, University of Arkansas, and more, that show castrating those calves during the first week of life has no disadvantage to performance if you wait to castrate them at the time of weaning. Now, there are some disadvantages if you wait to castrate those calves at the time of weaning because we can show you that calves that come into the feed yard that have not been castrated, number one, we just heard from, from the superior livestock data that when we have those calves properly prepared and castrated prior to coming to the feedlot, you will get a, a, an increase in the price for those calves of up to, to $20 a hundredweight. Okay, now there's a reason, because when those calves get to the feed yard and they need to be castrated on arrival at processing, what we will see is added stress. That added stress leads to increased morbidity or pull rates or sickness rates for respiratory disease and that increase in pull rates comes up to we will see 150 to 200 percent the the death loss in non-castrated bull calves that have to be castrated to processing at the feed yard compared to ones that were taken care of managed properly well before arrival okay so castrate early there's no added performance of leaving the testicles on until those calves are weaned. But there is a huge impact that when we have to castrate those calves at processing at the feed yard, where we see increased sickness and increased death loss. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the techniques you're watching doc talk, and I'm glad you joined us. Hey folks, welcome back to doc talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson. I'm a veterinarian. I live in Kansas, uh, and, uh, travel the U.S. working at the beef industry from cow-calf ranches to feedlots to, to packers to uh, retail, and uh, we enjoy what we do. We're glad we get to do the show here at Farming Unlimited uh, for you every week, and we appreciate you watching. When we left, we were talking about castration. Got to do it when these calves are young. We do it for improved uh, carcass quality. We do it for keeping our fences up and bulls not fighting and, and riding each other. Uh, we do it at a young age, and we dang sure get it done before those calves go to the feed yard to decrease the stress. Um, so how do we do it? There are a couple of different ways, and it's dependent on the weight of the animals. And, and what we see uh, for baby animals within that first week, the two methods are elastrator or bander, or knife cut. Okay, and, and, and then when they get older, we can still use those two different techniques to band, uh, or to, to knife cut, but then there are some different uh, apparatuses that we can use to to perform those procedures. When we band an animal that's under 250 pounds, uh, a calf, we'll use an elastrator. The elastrator is a tool that you can see here that just opens up this band, you slip it over the, the scrotum and the testicles. The, the one thing I tell the students to run this this uh, piece of equipment and properly castrate, you do have to be able to count to two, okay? So you have to make sure both testicles are below the band, you let off the band, and, and then it cuts off the circulation, and then in 21 to 28 days, those they, they fall off. Uh, if you're gonna use a knife cut, we'll simply cut off the bottom half of the scrotum, and we'll be able to then remove the, the testicles by, by pulling and, and teasing uh, those testicles uh, away from the body uh, as we break down the tunic cord which is the muscle and then, and then break off the, the testicle. Uh, as the calves grow older, um, the scrotum gets larger. There's a, a knife that's shown here. There's a Newberry knife that can be used to, to transection the scrotum and open that up so that two both testicles are exposed when we knife cut. Uh, as bulls get even larger, there is a different ways to, to remove those, those testicles. One is using emasculator, a, a which an emasculator we use in a lot of different castration techniques, and we, we use that and it has a cutting side that's away from the animal and it has a crushing side that is towards the animal and so when you squeeze with the emasculator you're going to be crushing that blood vessel and and uh, you're going to be cutting below it the other one to get the the testicle off would be to use a, a henderson stone tool attaches to a drill after the testicles are exposed in these larger bowls it will actually, on the drill, will actually wind that testicle on itself and tie that that cord off. It's a great technique to use on large bulls. Uh, We use it on medium-sized bulls as well. If we're going to band animals as they get bigger and they go over 250 pounds, we'll then go to a different type of bander that is built for larger ones. The Calicrate Bander, Easy Bander, all these different banders are available. Um, and can be utilized to, to castrate. One of the things that people have found is that actually uh, transection the scrotum after applying the band will help relieve some of the pressure in these bulls uh, and, and VRCS has shown that there has been an improvement in some of the performance and some of the decrease in some of the things that can go wrong or complications of banding. When we come back, now that we've talked about the different techniques, we're going to talk about some of the complications that can can occur when using these different uh, procedures. You're watching Doc Talk, and we're glad you joined us. Hey, folks! Welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, and we're talking about castration and we have bloodless techniques and we have surgical techniques and the bloodless techniques are banders and if they're under 250 pounds we use the little cheerio elastrator band if they're over 250 pounds and we're going to band those animals we're going to use a larger banding apparatus like a calicrate or easy band something to that but calicrates the most most popular after we hit from the 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 from the bloodless to the surgical that means we're going to knife cut baby calves cut the bottom half of the scrotum off we're going to remove the testicles Uh, as the calves get bigger there's more impact of hemorrhage so we're going to use some different tools number one to transect the newberry knife to transect the scrotum expose the testicles and then we're going to use an emasculator that crushes the tissue to stop the hemorrhage cuts below it remove the testicle um, and then we're going to also uh, on the bigger bowls use the Henderson stone, which is the thing that goes in the, the cordless drill. We're going to snap that on. The testicle um, uh, spins off on itself, ties itself off, and decreases hemorrhage. Okay, but we have some complications, and the number one complication with with knife cut is going to be hemorrhage. If we have hemorrhage, okay, what you want to do is and is you're going to pack that scrotum with gauze and then you're either going to surgically sew that the bottom of that scrotum against the gauze or we'll use a bander to band off below that area that gauze and that keeps pressure keeps the bleeding from the hemorrhage from occurring as readily and just remember to go back uh, you know the next couple days and you have to remove that uh, band and that that gauze because you don't want that to go to the to the processor when we have blood or we have hemorrhage and we do surgical castration one of the big things you need to prevent against is flies and so having fly tags in the calves but putting a fly repellent on that uh, surgical site is is important okay now when we have um bloodless techniques or banding one of the things we wanna do is that when, when we had used the bloodless techniques, um, we wanna vaccinate calves, not just for, for blackleg, but also for tetanus. Um, uh, tetanus is in the soil, it's a Clostridium species, and, and when we give a tetanus uh, toxoid, the timing of the toxoid is, takes about seven to 10 days to be effective, and that's about the time we see complications with tetanus if we're going to have it work with your local veterinarian to know if you have it in the area uh in that another thing that we can get with the problem with with banding is you do have to make sure you have both testicles on those little calves uh, below the the scrotum so that we don't put a a testicle up against the belly and we can get and watch these on the bigger calves make sure that the the scrotums and the testicles fall off usually it's a 14 to 28 day process. Okay? And, and so we want to make sure when you get out there to 28 days and they haven't come off, you may want to bring that calf in take a look at it. We don't want an incomplete castration. Um, that can lead to some complications as well. Uh, you know, we, regardless of the technique we use, whether it's bloodless or whether it's knife cut, and I know a lot of people say, well, I'm not going to use uh, a knife because I don't want to have the risk of hemorrhage. Well, we probably have as many cattle, um, have as many complications to banding as we do knife cut. The difference is, is when you have a problem due to knife cut castration, it's immediate, right? It's hemorrhage. And so I see it happening right now because I just got done doing this. Where on the other hand, with the banders, with peritonitis and incomplete castration, uh, by not getting it tight enough, um, we see those complications, you know, 30, 40 days post-procedure, and we don't always associate it with something that we did back at the, the processing barn or when we were working those calves. So uh, many different techniques, um, many reasons to do it, want to do it as young as possible, different techniques. Different techniques have different complications, and so um, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about pain control and castration, which is something that we're seeing on a public perception. We're glad you're watching Doc Talk. We'll be right back. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, and we're glad to be able to bring this show to you every week. And we're talking about castration, and we're talking about different ages of. of and as I told you, that the older they get, the more uh, pain and more complications are associated with castration. We would love to see calves castrated in the first week, and we would love to see them, definitely see them castrated and managed well before they get to the feedlot. Okay, and so one of the things that when we talk about animal welfare in the beef industry and we talk about stress and we talk about uh, uh, animals' improved performance due to decreased stress and decreasing the the pain, uh, painful procedures comes up all the time. Whether you're at the American Association of Bovine Practitioners or at the Academy of Veterinary Consultants, we're constantly talking about pain control. When we do some of these typical animal husbandry procedures, such as dehorning and castrating, okay. So today, the recommendation on castration is to, uh, you know, circumferentially uh, do injections around the neck of the scrotum with lidocaine, and then put some lidocaine into each uh, uh, spermatic cord of e- of each testicle before doing the procedure. And lidocaine is kind of like Novocaine, you know, the dentist doesn't come in, put the Novocaine in your your jaw, and then just start drilling, right? Uh, They put the the Novocaine in, they wait 5 to 10 minutes, and that's been part of the problem with application of lidocaine at the time of, of surgical castration. We don't give lidocaine at the time of bloodless castration because the pain associated a lot of times with, with, with banding occurs at you know four, five, six days later. So it's been pretty fun. Lately, we've, been, we've worked with a group, uh, Solvet, which has a lidoband. And this is, at the beginning, is an lacerator bander uh, for the young calves at 250 uh, pounds or less. And, and when we start to uh, use this, these bands, these Cheerio bands, are impregnated with lidocaine. So we band that calf, and it has the, the lidocaine in the, the rubber, and it feeds that lidocaine to the site uh, to decrease the pain. And so now, a bloodless technique that has the analgesic properties, uh, put this band on, and... The lidocaine is delivered over time and is spaced out and helps prevent the the pain of of banding that calf, which then improves its suckling, which then decreases the stress, which then uh, improves the performance, right? It also is a great animal welfare story that if we're gonna do it and we have the ability, we don't have to carry the bottles of lidocaine with us, we don't have to stick ourselves in the finger with the needles underneath the chute. Um, Today, uh, these are only uh, available in the, for the under 250 pound calves, but they have products coming out with the other banding techniques that will have the delayed release lidocaine uh, that will help with, uh, I believe, a lot of the ills that we see when these calves get arrived at the feed yard. But anyway, it's been a lot of fun. You can see we've uh, done it uh, out in the field and, and a great tool that's gonna be for our industry, and I see it being used widely uh, across the beef industry. We're looking for ways to decrease stress, decrease pain, and improve animal welfare in animals. We have some new technology that's come out, and we in the in the beef industry are going to benefit by improving the welfare of the calves, decreasing the pain, decreasing the stress. Leads to increased suckling. It leads to decreased uh, respiratory disease, and and all of the above. So so, take these into stride. Take these as advisement, and. Um, We've got a lot of good technology coming down the road. Remember, always work with your local veterinarian. And if you want to find out more about us at DocTalk, you can find us on the web at www.doctalktv.com. It's been a pleasure to visit with you today. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, and I'll see you.